0: make you all nostalgic that is actually before my time
1: i wonder why they call it polymorph when it always turns enemies into one thing they should have called it something like monomorph or that spell that turns people into sheep and welcome to another episode of Friend Request, a podcast where we pick out two different relationships in games and we end up talking about them in detail. I'm Jennifer Uncle for Scanline Media and I'm joined by uh, Colin Detmar.
0: Hey folks, how's it going?
1: And we're going to start off by talking about uh, Joel and only from The Last of Us. This uh... It was Naughty Dog's second to last game so far. Mm-hmm. And basically, it it it's the relationship that more or less forms the arc of the game more or less. Like Joel kind of comes from this background where he remembers more or less what it was like at, before the big zombie attack hit, which is a form of cordyceps. So he lost his daughter to that, and. He's kind of slow to open up to people but when he ends up meeting Ellie eventually this uh this queer girl who um I um well at least it's a, it's heavily implied that she was in love with uh, one of the characters that died before the game started and um essentially she hasn't been alive to before the big calamity happened and she's more or less used to people treating her like dirt and she's basically wanting to only a few people understand that she's more or less significant that her her specific genealogy is able to fight against zombie attacks more or less well it's it's immune to any sort of zombie infection. So she ends up going on a road trip with this disgruntled old man who eventually... Well, the the way that these sort of stories typically work is that the two of them start off opposed to one another then come to an understanding and end up more or less being super attached to one another. Mm. And then that happens to a point, but Joel kind of goes overboard and when it's time to actually deliver her, which will end up killing her, more or less. But she, he basically he basically rebels against that, kills pretty much every one of the surgeons that are left, and who knows how many surgeons are left. And there's this sense when she finally wakes up that, no, she didn't want this at all. She wanted to... She wanted to make a difference in this specific way, and even though she doesn't really seem to understand the implications of what was going to happen, it's pretty clear that this is not what she wanted at all. And it kind of ends on this beautiful, it's one of the best endings I've ever seen, because the two of them basically end in a way where Joel thinks that he successfully told her Oh, yeah, nothing bad happened. This is just how things went, so we're just going to keep going this way. And the way that she says okay in response to it is this sort of understanding that, okay, you've. It's pretty clear that you're holding things back from me, that something terrible did happen, and I can no longer trust you. I can no longer put my faith in you, more or less. So it's this incredibly strained relationship that starts pretty much opposed to each other entirely, gets closer and closer, and then ends in a way where it's possibly even more strained than ever before. And there's this... There's this beautiful sort of lack of understanding within that that you don't really see in most other stories of this kind. Like, these two don't end up cleanly separating from one another or cleanly coming to terms with one another it's this thing that just left in the air and there's something really great about that
0: yeah i feel like it's its kind of important to contextualize and sort of explain like the point of the trip was to take her to a facility where they could like were medical professionals could figure out why she's immune, and hopefully they could use that to make more people immune. Um, and would, yeah, Joel figures out that the process of doing so would mean that she would die. He's like, well, fuck that, and just start shooting everyone. Um And yeah, I don't know, there's, like... One of the things that's interesting about... um about that relationship is like well first of all there's the people who didn't look very hard at it at all right like I have seen people be like oh man what a touching relationship I wish Joel were my dad it's
1: like, <laughs> no
0: that guy's a fucker Um, and I don't know it's like it's they have some really good moments there's a part like there's an extended part where Joel gets Really badly hurt and Ellie is sort of taking care of things and she becomes the playable character for a bit while Joel is, is down for the count. Um, and it's kind of, hm, I, I, it's a, it's a cool sequence and I think it does a good job of showing that like she does like care about him. Um, And I think at the end, it's, I don't know, I don't know if I'm as as pessimistic about the relationship as you are, but it's definitely, it's definitely a thing. I don't know. I think, you know, like, as you say, I'm I'm sure Ellie can tell that Joel lied to her about, about things. Just, yeah, the delivery is pretty, it's pretty spot on. And also, of course, the, the facial animation, because Naughty Dog has, has gotten pretty damn good at that stuff.
1: Yeah, they're one of the few people that, when they're one of the few people that can actually rely on a specific emotion just being shown, not told, and expect it to work just as well as spoken line, more or less.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's part of the uh, that's part of the problem, I guess, for for the relationship. Because if they were if they were at where they were when they started, and you know, and If it was that bad of a relationship, then Ellie would have just said peace and walked away at the end of the game. But she does care about Joel, and so it's it's more complicated than that. It's, I don't know, they're doing a Last of Us 2. I'm not clear on who that's supposed to be. I hope it's not them again, but if it is, that's kind of interesting, because I don't know where that relationship goes. I guess, I don't know, I had just sort of... Quite. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I kind of prefer it being in this specific state where it's left up in the air and unset because that's kind of a. You rarely see stories or relationships that will be comfortable with just freezing right there and yeah. uh, not searching for a clean resolution to either tie the story up entirely or tease a sequel or whatever.
0: I guess, like, what I, like, in my head, how that how that relationship played out is that they stayed together for a few more years and then they sort of split apart and these, like, and now if you ask Ellie about Joel, she'll say, fuck that guy. Um.
1: Yeah, totally, because 99% of the problems that they get into, like, the person that ends up trying to Well, the person that ends up kidnapping her and attempting to essentially cannibalize her did so because Joel went on a killing spree and killed all his dudes. (laughs) Just mercilessly slaughtering most of the people within a specific area. And unlike other games, that ends up coming up as a well, we didn't entirely like it when you did that to us.
0: I mean, I don't know. That's that To me, that felt like Naughty Dog trying to have their cake and eat it, too. But, you know, that's okay. another conversation. <laughs> so uh, the pairing that I brought today is Jaina uh, Proudmoore and Thrall from World of Warcraft, or just uh, Warcraft in general, I guess, because we're mostly going to be talking about Warcraft 3 for a lot of this conversation. Yeah, um, and
1: not Hearthstone where Jaina also makes an appearance.
0: <laughs> well, the Hearthstone is is just a bunch of jokes. It's not really. There's not really anything to talk about in there. Yeah. She can turn people into sheep and and in Hearthstone, good for her. Um So in at the beginning of the game, you're introduced to Thrall who like is is he's locked up and basically uh, uh you know um he's in he's basically in an internment camp um and he breaks out and sort of becomes the new leader of the orcs and they are they start to get led by basically this this um prophet who's telling them that like oh shit the world's going to end and we really need you guys to not just kill all the humans but like help us make the world not end Um, and at the same time, he's telling that to a bunch of other people, including, uh, Jaina Proudmore, who is a human mage. Um, and basically they, they, like, they end up coming together, though, Jaina and Thrall start working really closely together. Um, Jaina rescues Thrall at several points in the story, and they sort of, Become this message for for coming together and saving you know the world despite the racial differences because in Warcraft as in a lot of fantasy orcs and humans do not get along, um, and in fact at a point in Warcraft three um, Jaina's dad is really racist and the head like the leader of of sort of the the city of Proudmoore, and he's just. He's he's trying to kill all the orcs and trying to kill basically anyone who isn't human and being a huge piece of shit. And Thrall's like, listen, if we want to get to where we go, we're going to have to kill this guy. And Jaina is like, well, I'm not going to help you, but dad, you're a fucking moron and walks away and lets him get killed. Amazing. Um, So that's like the thing that is interesting about this relationship is sort of coming up like that happens. They settle um and Warcraft 3 ends with them victorious and they're all, you know, they're all buds, right? And the thing that's interesting about Warcraft is that the story changes like it ch- the direction changes dramatically based on what they feel like they need at the moment. So like a lot of, like the first like for World of Warcraft vanilla and for the the se- first expansion Burning Crusade uh Thrall is just sort of sitting in a throne room chilling and Jaina is kind of sitting in a different throne throne room chilling honestly and sort of they're both being the the sort of the voice of moderation in their in their groups in in the alliance and the horde being like, hey, the Horde isn't so bad, hey, we should try and work with the Alliance despite everyone else not really wanting to, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, um, it's sort of, there's a moment of, of coming together in, in, uh, the second expansion, Wrath of the Lich King, where they have to make a campaign against the Lich King, who is the leader of the undead, and there's some complicated history there, but, um, there start to be more like joint endeavors between the horde and alliance and there's some actually really nice moments in in the last raid of that game the uh, of icecrown citadel where there's clearly some mutual respect between the horde and alliance and hey isn't this great but there's this thing that happens every now and then in I, I guess Blizzard HQ, right? Where you can just tell that someone walked into that day's meeting room and said, Hey guys, it's called World of Warcraft, not World of Friendship <laughs> Bracelets. Um, let's get some more going. Yeah. So, um, Cataclysm doesn't have too much go on with these characters. Uh, Thrall stops being leader of the Horde and starts going doing other things for a while. Um, then Missa Pandaria comes out. And they have the horde basically nuke Jaina's city. What? It's called a mana bomb, but in effect it is a nuke. It kills everyone. It radiates people with arcane energy. Jaina's hair turns from blonde to almost entirely white with a little strip of blonde, like a reverse rogue from X-Men. Um, and she starts, and she turns into a huge racist, right? Um, cause like, oh, you, you fucking orcs killed all my people. Um, and that's her current arc and she and Thrall aren't really talking. The relationship itself is not that fascinating, right? But it's a really great example of the way that the writing in World of Warcraft doesn't give a shit about anything except for what they're currently working on and will throw anything they've established under the bus (laughs) for it. Um,
1: yeah, and they so, seem yeah. to they seem to love the heel turns for established good characters. I, I haven't really seen it done in the reverse, more or less, but they love just fr- sprinkling corruption around or having expat event happen to Y good person and having them be the villain for the next game or two.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's worth noting that uh, she after this she attacked Orgrimmar, um, which is the the orc capital. And Thrall was like, hey, stop. And she's like, you, this is all your fault. Even though Thrall didn't lead the orcs at that time, and I don't even think was, like, on the planet when the attack on her city happened. It's bad writing.
1: (laughs) Uh, (sighs) It's sadly not too uncommon with Blizzard as well.
0: (laughs) No, no. It's, uh... Yeah. that's That's that relationship which is... It was never remarkable was was always kind of like oh this is kind of nice it's kind of nice to have these these two characters that are willing to you know work across the aisle and figure this stuff out it's like oh no you had to come up with a magical version of a nuke okay cool all right i guess that's it for this episode of uh friend request thanks for listening if you want to give us a uh a, any Feedback, you can find us on iTunes. If you want to give us a rating or review there, we would greatly appreciate it. You could also possibly recommend it to a friend. If you want to find more work like this that we do, you can find articles and other podcasts at scanlinemedia.com. And if you want to chip into our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. That money goes towards helping us buy more games and more equipment. It doesn't go into our pockets. I want to give a big thank you to Krista Lee for use of her song Hearts Burning Bright off of her album Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. You can find it on Bandcamp at oporpup.bandcamp.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Good